Today's going to be a different kind of day. Oh, number one, I got notes. Hey, hey, hey. Number two, my sermon has a title to it. I don't think I've ever done that. But, but it's got one. Oh, because I stole it from somebody. No. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to uh, Exodus chapter 31, and we'll get there in a minute. And if I told you what verse, you'd go ahead and read it now, and then you'd steal on my thunder. So we're going, I ain't going to tell you what verse yet. All right? I want to read some other verses to you first, and you, I can give you copies of these if you want them when we get done. You don't have to turn to all these, because uh, there's a bunch of them. Um, the name of this, this message is A Gift, A Place, and A Time. Now, we've done a lot of preaching, a lot of talking about the gifts of God and the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how we as a body should manifest them and all those kind of things. But you know something? Uh, I had a talk with a, with a very close uh, friend of mine, a, a mentor of mine, Mike Hargraves, and we got together and we talked, and, and, and he had the title of this, this message, A Gift, A Place, and A Time. And the thing is, is you know, sometimes we, we want so much to see God's hand. We want so much to see him move. We want so much to see uh, excitement in the body of Christ that we, uh, we jump the gun a little bit. Now, anybody here guilty of that? Just me. Okay. That's all right. So the first thing I want to talk about is a gift, and I, I want us to, to have scriptural proof that the gifts that we have do come from God. They're not things that we thought up on our own. They're, they're not things because we practiced we became good at. That, that's not the way it works. But uh, Proverbs 18, 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Hmm. You ever, you ever, um, you ever got, a, got a, a game as a gift or something like that? And you, you got this thing right here, and you do it. The first thing you got to do, unless you're a man, is read the instructions on how to play the game, all right? Men will just try to figure it out, and then after about an hour, they'll go look at the instructions and figure out what they were doing wrong, okay? But, but the thing is, uh, when, when, we, when we take the giftings that, that make room for us, that, that's going to open a door for us, in order for us to take that gift and use it, we got to exercise that gift. we gotta, we got to figure out how to use it. we got to figure out what, the, what the, uh, the, the functions of it are. You know what I'm saying? All right, point one. Romans 12, 5 through 7 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And if you go on and continue that, that on, it talks about if it's miracles, then do it according to your faith and according to your faith and according to your faith and according to your faith. And what I want to ask you to think about this morning is do you have the faith to grab a hold of your gifts? Do you have a faith to exercise those gifts? Something you, only you can answer. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So you've heard me say this before, so I'm going to say it again. The gifting that you have, the gift that you have, maybe there's more than one, but, but whatever that gift is, it ain't yours. It wasn't given to you for you. Now, you can enjoy it. You can be excited about it, but it's not yours. And I want to tell y'all, some of y'all have been ripping me off because you got your gift and you put it in your pocket and you leave it there and you don't bring it out. 
I'm not talking about money. <laughs> Some of you have the gift of helps. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. Some of you have the gift of, of, of just being able to impart God's love. And if you're holding on to those because you're shy or because you don't want to, you know, step out there, you don't want to put yourself out there, man, you're ripping me off. And you're ripping off somebody else. Now, I'm going to confess, I've probably ripped some of y'all off too. I'm sure there, there, there's some, some talents that I've been holding back because uh, in, in my case, uh, some of the talents are, are more prevalent than others. And I'm sure that's the same in your life. But just think about it. God, you know, I think as, as we wake up in the morning, what we should do is say, God, what talent do you want to unleash on me today that I give to the world? Amen? Amen. That's, that's good preaching right there anyway. Okay. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, 7 and 8. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Let there be no doubt in mind that, that you were not included in that. All right? There's nobody that God said, you know something? I'm going to give you this gift. I'm going to give you this gift. You ain't getting none. I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift. You're getting cold. You know? No, he said, I got gifts for everybody, and I'm going to give them out. Because why? Because I'm going to place those people somewhere. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to place them people somewhere, and they're going to they're complete the puzzle that's in that place. First Peter 4.10 says this. 4.10 and 11. Each one... As each one has received a gift. Everybody say, I got it. I got, it. I got a gift. There you go. See, now you know it. Minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Wow, you know something? I even wrote it down, and I didn't see that little phrase in there. I like that little phrase. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I want you guys to know that when, when I receive... Um, I don't receive it. When, when the tithe comes into the storehouse and we're going to have a spaghetti dinner or we're going we're gonna, to uh, you know, uh, buy gas to cut the grass or whatever, I look to find out where the cheapest gas is. I want to be a good steward of what God has provided for us. You know? And, and it's the same thing with these gifts. We are to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Good stewards of it. God, what would you have me do with this? Put it in a hole? Oh, no, I got to show it out. We can't put it in our pockets and not, not let the world have it. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. How many of you have had conversations this morning? Was God involved in all of it? Yeah, probably not. I had a few that he wasn't. But guess what? He's in my heart. And what I said reflected him. And what you said reflected him. Amen, amen. If anyone ministers, let him do it. Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Guys, we have an awesome opportunity. Awesome opportunity. And that opportunity is, is you know, I want to be able to step in front of somebody. I want to get this far away from their face and tell them about Jesus. And then when I walk away, them have no idea what I look like. Think about that for a moment. To get right up, in, to, be, to be right in front of somebody. Well, who'd you talk to? I don't remember his name. What did he look like? I don't know what he looked like. He was, he was some guy. But he told me about this Jesus. And this Jesus is all in all. He died for me. I have to follow him. I got to go find me a church right now. 
I got to go follow him. Man, come on. That, what an opportunity we have. Turn to Exodus chapter 31 and verse 1. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, the rest of Exodus. It's only all, you know, like 20 chapters. I'm just joking. Okay, so <clears throat> Exodus 31 verse 1. It says, the Lord spoke to Moses. Now, let me give you a little background here. Moses is being told by God, it is time to build the tabernacle. And, and he gave him explicit instructions on how every, every little instrument, every little thing was supposed to be made. And, and you, you know, he wasn't wavering in that. He wanted it done a certain way. Why? Because that tabernacle reflected him. That tabernacle reflected the coming Jesus. Amen? So, so he gets in there, and he says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name. Let me look over here and see if I can figure his name out. Bezael, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Everybody say, Spirit of God. In wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And indeed, I have appointed with him Aholiab, son of that other guy, and, and the tribe of Dan. And I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. What do you think about the idea that God didn't just say, I'm going to send you some people? There's already people out there that are, that are, that are talented. No, he said, I'm going to send you this guy and this guy by name. Does God know your name? Absolutely he does. Do you know? He, he sends you places. And, and, and when you get there, he might. I bet them people didn't know they were getting sent. I bet they didn't know they were preparing to, to build the temple of God. I bet they just thought that they're, they're exercising this gifting that just they happen to have. You know, I told you about my, uh, uh, my, my first uh, this thing I had to build. This, this, this lady, I told him to give me a picture, and I can build anything you can give me a picture of. Be careful what you say. Okay, so she sent me this thing. It was, it was a hood, and man, it was pretty elaborate. And uh, I remember looking at that, and I was like, okay. I said I was going to build it. So I took a piece of wood, a piece of oak. It was an oak thing, and I laid it on, the, uh, on my workbench. And I said, okay, God. There it is. <laughs> And I said, that needs to look like that. And I don't know how to do that. Not a clue, because I just didn't have a clue. And I, I, I tell you that, I want you to know, by the end of the day, that looked like that. God gave me a talent in that moment to do what, he, what, I, what I promised to do. But these guys, man, I, they were exercising their gifts as they were going along and everything. Why? Because God had a plan for them one day. See, he, he, he was up in heaven before the creation of earth, by the way. And, and, and he says, you know something? They're going to build a temple for me right there. They're going to build a tabernacle. And the, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want to be there. And i got to get some people to do that out there. So I'm going to go ahead and this guy right here, he needs to be born here. So when he gets here, he can do what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying out for him to do. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. I know it doesn't say that, but do you believe that? Because he did the same thing with you. 
The exact same thing. The exact same thing. Gonna keep reading here. Where'd I quit? We'll make all that I have commanded you, the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, and the table and its utensils, and the pure gold lampstands with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the laver, laver, and its base, and the garments of ministry, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister as priest, and the anointing oil, and the sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Guys, if, if, if we were to, to you know, you know, turn to uh, Shiloh verse, chapter 31, verse 1, it, it would say in there that, that I'm sending these people by name. And when they get there, they're going to do all that I have commanded you to do. And his command to us is to change this community, to change this region, to make it a place where you can't go to hell from. How can we do that? By showing people who our God is. See, this is, this, I believe this. I believe this with everything within me. If somebody gets an accurate picture of God, they cannot turn away. I believe that with everything within me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've got before people before, and I've shown them a, a picture of God that wasn't exact. That wasn't, it, it, it didn't measure up. You know what I'm saying? Because I had my mind on the things of this world, the things of, of, of Kyle. When, when, when God says, put your eyes on me, and I'll let not your words fall to the ground. Ain't that what he said to Gideon? Ooh, come on. Was that Gideon he said that to? I don't know. He said that to somebody. But in this, in this thing right here, there's a gift. And those gifts are given to us by God. Everybody say, by God. Yeah. Remember that. It's not yours. It's not something that you conjured up. It's not something that because you wanted to play the guitar, you learned how to play the guitar. No, you played the guitar because God gave you that gifting. You, 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 uh, you're, you're, you have hospitality toward people because God gave that to you. I think of, of Deborah Warner. Man, that woman, don't look at me. She is a servant. Man, she is a servant. Why? Because God created her to be a servant. Amen. Amen. And she is good at it, and she, she gives all. Now, I could say that about everybody in here in different giftings. So whatever your gifting is, you got it from God. Amen? Okay, we're going we're gonna to turn. We talked about the gift. Now we're going to talk about a place. Turn your, in your Bibles to Esther 4. Esther chapter 4. I ain't going to tell you what verse because you'll read it before I get there. Got a couple other scriptures I want to read to you first. Talking about a place. Romans 8.14 says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. Guys, we don't have to figure out where we're going. We don't have to figure out how to get there. We don't have to figure out what to do in, in place to get there. All we got to do is see that lamp unto our feet and take one step at a time and follow that Holy Spirit that wants nothing more than to guide you in all the ways of God. Titus 1.5 says, For this reason I left you in Crete. This is Paul talking to, to Titus. He said, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. And appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. When, 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 
when Paul left Timothy in Crete, he left them there with a mission. I want to submit to you that God has led you to where you are today for a mission. There is a mission before you. And if you will follow him, if you will listen to that still small voice that some of us, he, he gets loud because we're not listening real good. That, that's me. You know, he, he, he's loud when he talks to me. He's, hey, get up. You know, go do this. But if we listen to that and we respond to it, then that's only the beginning. That's only the beginning. See, some of us haven't, haven't heard that voice. Some of us, may, maybe we haven't, we haven't detected that voice. Let me say it that way. Let me say it. We haven't detected that voice because I know we've heard it or we wouldn't be saved. Amen? Amen. Holy Spirit says, hey, you, come here. I want to suggest to you that if you haven't, uh, if, you don't, if you don't live with that voice on a daily basis, let's just put it that way. I want to suggest that you would, you would cry out to God and say, God, I need to know that I know that I know. I need to know that it's you. How do I know that it's you? I did this in my early walk with God. And I told him, I said, God, I need to know because I don't know if it's me or if it's God. Is that not an ignorant statement in the world? I don't know if it's me or if it's God. How can I be confused with God? <laughs> Only in my own mind. Only in my own mind I can get confused with God. But, but I got to that place. I'm like, God, I don't know if this is me or if it's you. And, and, and I said, I need you to give me a sign. And he did. Just like Gideon when he put the, 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 the fleece out there. Uh, God gave me a sign. And every time he would speak, man, there would be this thing that would just happen in my belly. I, I, don't, I don't, can't explain it. It was just a weird feeling. It, but, it, but it was every time. And, and I want to tell you, uh, sometimes he still does that because I'm not listening. He'll, he'll say, hey, it's me. Listen. You know? But ask God to give you a sign. What, 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 how is he going to speak to you? How are you going to know that it's him every time? And he will answer that. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Esther 4. We're going to start in verse 4. It says, so Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. What did they tell her? They told her that uh, Mordecai had got into a, a, a discussion with Haman, and he got Haman upset. So Haman decided he's going to kill all the Jews, and he got the king to okay it. Okay, so so he's going out and doing out there, and now Esther's finding out about it. So Esther's maids and the eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. And she sent garments and clothes to Mordecai to take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called Hathatch. Why are you laughing at me? That was, that, that was probably the only one I got right. Anyway, <clears throat> one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn why, what and why this was. So Hatch went out to Mordecai <laughs> in the city square that was in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. And he gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was, at, which was given at Shushan that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, that he might command her to go into the king and make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So Hathatch returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And Esther spoke to Hathatch and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king, king's promises, let me start that over again. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces 
Know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except for the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Now y'all listen to this. This is, this is some pretty cool stuff right here. It says, do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, day or night. My maids and I will fast likewise. And I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I want to ask you this. She was sent to the place, and, and it says in there, we, we've all heard this quoted a billion times, at such a time as this. That's not there just so we can re repeat it. That's there so we can understand that wherever we, we are, wherever God puts us, you're there for such a time as this. Remember the story I told you about, about uh, that guy that was uh, the artisan that was, that was building the, the thing? He, he was conceived here so that he would be ready here. Amen? I want to suggest to you that you are not here by chance. You are not here by mistake. Somebody needed to hear that. You are here because God chose this time and this place for you to be right here. Now, why is that? I can't answer that for you. But you can. Because all you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit. I know I'm here. I know you put me here. Why am I here? Why am I here? He wants to answer that question. He's not holding nothing back. Amen? So the place you're in is the place that you're supposed to be. Last night, we had a spaghetti dinner that was fabulous because of that servant over there. Anyway, we, so, so we had the, the, the spaghetti, and then we watched the, the, the Chosen movie up here. We had people get saved. We had people get healed here, here last night. But, but here, here was the thing. Most of the people that were here were church people. Most of them that were here just left their church. It was, was kind of like a church split. The funny thing is, is people got saved. And, and, and uh, people that aren't used to it, they're from a Baptist church, and Baptist churches don't believe in that healing thing most of the time. And I don't even know why they pray for people. I'm trying to figure that one out. But anyway, they... <laughs> You know, so so they they got they got the, they got this thing going on, and and, and they're here, and they're they're seeing things, they're hearing people speak in tongues, and this is like, no one responded in any way, which I think is a is a great thing. Nobody went, oh no, what's happening here? They got hungry for the Holy Spirit. They got hungry at the Holy Spirit because they had a a guest speaker come in and speak for about a month and a half that spoke about the Holy Spirit. And they were like, we can't go back to where we were before. We've got to experience this Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if this is we're going to be where they land. I hope they land wherever it is God wants them to land. But I tell you what, last night they were here for such a time as this. The people that were here from Shiloh were here for such a time as this. They were there to, to pray and to come alongside these people and, and welcome them into the kingdom and, and, and those kind of things. 
we all have a mission. All we got to do is follow that light. Okay, we're going to talk about a time. So where, where did we go so far? We talked about a gift. We talked about a place. And now we're going to talk about a time. You know, some of us are, are a little bit impatient. All right? And, and you, you know, we hear, we hear God say, this is what he'll say to me. He'll say, Kyle, I want you to, and I'm like, What do you want me to do? <laughs> I've done that a million times. I've done that a million times. <laughs> Take off running before I, before I understood. Or, or took off. I, I didn't understand that that gifting had to be honed. It had to be polished. It had to be adjusted. It had to be, it had to be taught. Are you teachable this morning? Can you allow someone to speak into your life even when you think, I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips. God told me 14 years ago I was going to pastor this church. I, I, just, I got saved. It's more than 14 years ago now. It was a long time ago. 20 some years ago. But he told me I was going to pastor this church. And I was like, yeah, right. I don't want to know. As time went on, it was like, I got to have that. That's, God, that's who I am. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And, and, and then I was like, okay, whoever's in there, get out. I'm here. <laughs> and I didn't have it. I, I didn't have any training. I didn't have any, I, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I wanted it. Everybody, just, if you could, for me, just, just, let's just clap our hands for our elders in this church. They decided to do the most craziest thing that's ever been done in a church in the world. We had three co-equal Senior pastors. You know why they did that? Because they knew I was not ready for that job, but they knew God called me to it. And they said, he needs help. And they brought in people, Pastor Helen and David, who, who were, were talented in places and had exercised their gift in places that I was weak. And, and they, they showed that out. I'm only telling you that story for about the 800th time because I want you to understand that God does the same thing for you. People that you come in contact with that, that, that might want to show you something or might want to help you with something, might want to do that. God, uh, my guess is God put them there because you needed some assistance. You needed to learn. You needed to, to learn to be patient. Be careful what you pray for. You get that, boy. So um, the 14-year thing came in. It was 14 years between the time that God told me I was going to be the pastor and when I became the pastor. Okay? So he's an awesome God. So let's talk about time for a minute. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, everything has its time. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Everything has its time. Ecclesiastes 3.17 says, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time, there is a, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. I'm going to read that again because it's just fun. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. What is the work that God has before you right now? Right now. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Yesterday's gone. 
What is his work that he has for you right now? If you don't know, ask him. Can I, can I give you a little hint? When he answers that question, you're going to say, either out loud or to yourself, I'm passionate about that thing. Why? Because God gives us the, the desires of our heart, and he's put those things in there. When, 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 when he announced, Kyle, you're going to be a pastor one day, that was the furthest thing from my ever-loving mind. I'm here to tell you. And, and if you would have asked anybody that knew me up to that time, they would have went, <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Oh. But as the days went on, that desire that God placed in my heart began to, to grow and begin to, 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 to be uh, something that, you know, first was, well, what if, you know? And, th and then it got to be, you know, how's that going to happen? And, and then it was like, it's happening. That's the way it works. Amen. He, he wants, he, he's not going to throw you into something that he hasn't already prepared you for. Come on. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. He is thinking of you right now. Right now. I can't think of two things at the same time or I'll get confused. But God, he can think of each one of us and think good thoughts and think of our future and our hope. Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his way. Remember, he gave you the desires of your heart. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. But the Lord directs his steps. You know, I told you that when, when, when God says, Kyle, I want you to, and then I take off running. There have been times where he says, Kyle, I want you to, and I'm like, I ain't got time for that right now. I got to go take care of this. That used to be every Sunday. Every Sunday I would come in here and, uh, you know, we got a plan. We got a plan in place. And all of a sudden, the, the monkey wrenches start flying out. The computer's not coming on like it's supposed to. The soundboard with this one microphone ain't doing what it's supposed to do. We got the clock up there's got the wrong time on it, you know. And, I was right. and not that somebody else can't do it. Please don't think I'm saying that. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But I get myself so wound up, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. By the time I get up here to preach, I'm like, God, are you even here? He's like, I've been trying to talk to you for 10 minutes and you ain't listening. Thus, I need something to remind me. That was my, my plan. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Guys, that is probably the most important scripture you're going to hear today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to steer you in a wrong direction. He's not going to send you somewhere that you're not prepared for. He has only good in mind for you. Lean not on your own understanding. I can't tell you how many times I hear this, this said, whether it's in a Bible study or whatever. Well, this is what this means to me. <clears throat> now, there's going to be an application on every scripture in, in the Bible that God can use to direct your path and turn you and, and lead you and whatever. But we got to understand something. This Bible means, every verse means what it meant when it was written to who it was written to. That's not going to change. So it's not what it means to you. It's what the application is for me. Amen? Amen. Semantics, but it matters. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Guys, if we will take every step with him in mind, we'll never take a wrong step. I'm just saying. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I like it that he says that twice. Wait on the Lord. How many of you are real good at that? How many of you are getting better? All right. At least we got some response there. Guys, you know, he wants to direct us. And the good thing is, is he's never going to direct us in a place where we're going to go, man, I don't want to do that. If our mind is on him. If our mind is on oh, the soundboard and the, the this and the that and the that out there, and he says, go on the platform and just worship me. And I, there I might say, I got things to do. I don't have time for that. You know what? None of that other stuff matters. What matters is my worship to him, your worship to him, giving him all that we are. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if we come in here on a Sunday morning and the projector don't work? Amen. Some of us may know the words to the songs, and of course they might not be the words that I'm saying, but you know, <laughs> the worship team knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, so you know, you might know the words to the songs or you might not. What would happen if you just listen to the music and praise God in your spirit? Would that be a bad thing? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm thinking we might do that next week. Some of us are uncomfortable with silence. I love this scripture. Psalms 27, 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That scripture is being reverberated all over the land. All over the land. There are people that really believe that the only way I'm going to get to, into the presence of God is when I die, they put me in the ground and I get to go get my wings and now I'm in heaven and now I can be with God. God, that was not God's plan for us. His plan for us was to come to him now, to hear him now, to experience him now, to worship him now, to embrace him now. That's, 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 that's his desire for you. And, and, can you imagine? I can't imagine not believing that I'm going to see God every day. I can't imagine that. I'm going to experience him in some way every day. I would have lost heart unless I would have believed, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Guys, you are going to see the goodness of the Lord if you will search for him. He is there every time, every way. Psalms 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Am I going over things twice? Yeah. Well, all right, then. I got more to say. All right. <clears throat> wait on the Lord. Some of us aren't good at that, but we can be. We can learn to wait on him. I want to suggest to you sometime, come up to the altar during worship or during the message. I don't care. Just, just, just come up and hang out with him for a few seconds. 
for a few minutes. Maybe for an hour. Maybe we'll come back tomorrow and you'll still be here. That happened in the last week. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When you're hungry for the Lord, you'll wait on him. You'll say, I'm not moving until I experience you. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, yes! And he's going to jump. And he's going to run to you. And he's going to embrace you. And he's going to say, I'm here. You'll never be without me. Amen? He wants to have that experience with us as much as we want to have it with him. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I didn't look at this as being exalted because I, I, I feel like my job is to serve you guys, okay? I know my job is to serve you guys. But telling God, I'm laying down everything and following you. You know, my wife has given up everything we've owned three times, three different times. And, and the last time we went to, when we went to Elam, um, I, I think everything we, we had would have fit in the back of a, a pickup truck. We had sold all of our furniture. We gave all stuff that we couldn't sell. We gave it away. And, and we went to Elam, and we get up there, and, uh, you know, I have a job. My, my job is, is to do carpentry and maintenance around, the, around the, the college, for which I get not paid, okay? But I got to go to school for free, and, and they, they, they did that here. And Lisa had to get a job. She went through a few of them, but she finally settled on uh, she was the head cook at, at Elam, and uh, which was good because we got leftovers. But <laughs> we made $9,000 that year, $9,000. And guess what? It was more than enough. It was more than enough because our God is good. Psalm 31, 14, and 15. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies and those who persecute me. Guys, if we say to God, you are my God and my time is in your hands, he will take that and he will, he will manage your path. He will plant you where you're supposed to be. He will uh, cause your gifts to be uh, exalted. What was that first scripture I read? A gift, a man's gift will make room for him or a woman's and bring him before great men. God wants to exalt you. So why am I telling you all this? What does all that have to do with anything that we're talking about here? I want you guys to know there's three different things that are going on here. There is a gift, a place, and a time. Your giftings are yours. They're without repentance. God's not going to take them back but you're to exercise those things and get them, get them so that they are functionable. They can be used in the kingdom. Amen? Right. Not for your personal good, but you be used for the kingdom. Once we, once we understand that, then we're looking for the place. God, where is it you're going to plant me? Where is it that I need to be where, where I can do what you've called me to do? I don't want to go just to some place that's not the place that you have for me. I don't want to go somewhere and have a duplicate gift unless you want it that way where I'm trying to do what somebody else is doing and now we're in competition with each other. I want to go to that place where you sent me where I'm the one. I'm, I'm the one that, that has to, to, to be the servant uh, in, in this area or I get to be the financial guru in this area. Whatever it is, and it doesn't have to be in a church. It could be in a civilian job somewhere. You know, God puts us where he wants us to be and, and he opens that door so that we can Give those gifts away. Amen? And then there's a time. Think about this for a minute. I know a man who is in his early 70s who has been uh, living these principles for probably most of his life. And he's got his giftings, and, he, and he's, he, he's using those, and he listens to God and says, where's my place? Where's my place? Where's my place? But then at the age of 70-plus, 
he takes him and moves him to a new place. Takes him and moves him to a new place for such a time as this. And, and he, he, he gets him there, and he says, now is the time to, for this gift to become un, un, unleashed. A gift that he's never acknowledged before. It's a brand new gifting, and God says, says run with it. Those of you, but those of you that are, are, are resident to Shiloh, I want you to know that you're here right now, and your giftings need to be used here and out there. Amen? But one day, God might say, new gifting, new place, new time. We need to be listening for that. There's nothing, uh, we want you to be where God calls you, so that you can be all that you can be. Let's use the Army slogan. I want to be all that I can be. The way for me to be all that I can be is to be where God wants me, when he wants me there, doing what he wants me to do. Amen? Amen. Again, remember this. He's never going to send you somewhere that you're not already prepared to go. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that your word says that you give giftings to all men and women and children. <laughs> Lord, your giftings are free. Your giftings are without repentance. They are ours. You gave them to us. Father, give us the courage to exercise those giftings. Give us the courage to know that we can, uh, we can always learn more. We can always get better. We can always hear you clearer. And Lord, as you plant us in a place, surround us with those people who are carrying the giftings and that they would have the courage to release those giftings that I need from them. That we could come together and it would be like the hand and the thumb and the foot and the arm and the, the eyeballs and the head and the hair. It, it all comes together so that we have a completed body. A completed body. It's not about numbers, God. It's not about numbers. We might have our entire completed body here right now, but some of us have got a gifts in our pockets. Some of us are walking around going, eh, I'm not ready to let this go yet. I'm, let me pray about that a little while longer. And Lord, if it's not time, if it's not time for them to release those gifts, then I pray you would give them comfort where they're at. Not to, to feel like they're holding back. In all honesty, some people have come here to heal. Some people have come here to, to be ministered to. Some people have come here to, to uh, off the wounded battlefield, and they need to be embraced. Father, let those with the embracing skills, the embracing tools, to come and embrace them and bring them to help so that they can be made whole. And finally, Father, I pray that you would give us the open door that you would give us the uh, ability, the words, the actions, the plans to turn this place around, this region around us, Lord, that we could, we could turn this place to a place where God is prevalent, that, that church is, is no longer irrelevant, but it becomes something that I've got to have. Father, our sign out front says revival is here and now. We're not going to have a revival in three months. We're not going to do that once a year until we all die. We're going we're to have a revival right now, and that revival is turning to you in repentance and in love and saying, God, here I am. Use me. I surrender everything. I surrender everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, as we, as we prepare for a celebration of life here today, I pray that all... Oh, that you would bring comfort that only you can bring. That you would bring a peace that only you can bring. Lord, that we would feel your arms of embrace and that we could celebrate the life of Pat Dixon.
In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. amen.